giant robot smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody. This is the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. It is Friday, January 25th. My name is Ben Orenstein, and I'm here today with Jared Drysdale. How's it going, Jared? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. So, Jared is the author of an ebook called Bootstrapping Design and creator of the soon to be released, hopefully soon, uh, Cascade.io. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. So, um, why don't we start off with the book? Could you summarize what the book is about briefly? Yeah. So it's a it's just essentially a design book. Uh, it's it's yeah. kind of I wrote it for a very specific audience in in mind. It's you know programmers who are bootstrapping software businesses. So um, these people are they have a lot of appreciation for design, but they're kind of in a spot where they can't really afford to hire a designer. Mm. So the goal of the book is to kind of teach them some of the fundamentals and some of the process they need to move forward with producing a design on their own. Mm. And so I actually, um, I bought the book uh, for some of the, my little side projects that I'm working on. And I can say, honestly, it's great. I loved it. And that's well, actually, thanks. yeah. And that's the reason that uh, I decided we had to get you on here is because I thought you did a great job and I wanted to talk about it. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So I was uh, flipping back through the blog and back in May, uh, you wrote up a post about, um, at that point you had sold $30,000 worth of the book. Right. Um, are you comfortable talking about totals to date? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Cool. Um, I think as of you know yesterday or today, the total revenue is around fifty-two thousand. Awesome. So I don't I don't remember exactly how many copies that breaks down into. Mm-hmm. Some people have used like a coupon code, so it, it ranges between like thirty-four to thirty-nine dollars each. So yeah, are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm very happy with it. I really am. So, so what was the um? How long did it take you to write the book? Roughly, do you have a sense of your like dollars per hour number these days? You know, I didn't. I didn't actually log the hours I spent. I so I announced the project at uh, I think at the end of November, and then it went on sale the following March. So it took me. I would say, you know, I didn't spend that whole time full time writing, but I would say probably two to three months worth of time. Uh huh. And, and does the does the income from the book support you right now? Yes, it does. Oh, that's I'm, awesome. I'm not freelancing anymore, so I'm supported completely by the book income. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, but so you sold, so 30,000 was within the first uh, two months of it. Right. And then in many months since then, we've gone up another 22 or so. So, so it's slowing down a bit. Yes, definitely slowing down. Mm-hmm. And is that, was that part of the motivation behind uh, your next project coming up? Yeah. You know, the, the next project is, uh, you know, it's not just about keeping the money coming in. I mean, with the book, I can, you know, every time I, I do some marketing work, you know, or, or write it a blog post or whatever, I see more people, you know, showing interest in the book. Mm. Um, but really the, the goal of the next project is to kind of respond to some of the feedback I've gotten about the book. Mm. You know, people have been saying, um, yeah, this is great. I've learned a lot, but I'm kind of ready to take it to the next step. So, uh, cascade is kind of the response to that. Um, just kind of keep helping the same people. Yeah. So. And I, I, that, that makes a lot of sense so that you're not going to launch something that no one actually wants. Right, right. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, I do want to come back to Cascade, but bef- before sure. we leave the book, I just want to say that. So as a reader, um, I very much appreciated there's a, a, a strong pragmatic attitude in the book, yes. which, which was there's several sections where you where you say a real designer would you know spend this amount of time and think about colors in this way and all that. Forget about all that. Here's what we're gonna yeah. do. Or like typefaces are extremely complicated. So here's a handful that you should just use. 
Um, and right, and right, as, yeah. as someone who's who's new to that world, um, it was just very comforting because it's like there's this big ocean of things that are confusing and scary. I'm actually just going to simplify it for you a lot. And yeah, it's not going to be quite as good as, as if you really dove in there and knew what you were doing, but you're going to get, you know, 80-20 rule out of this. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, well, the approach I tried to take with it was I think there's kind of a, a minimum threshold of knowledge you need to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also kind of a diminishing return. You know, the more you learn... It, it almost confuses you more. So I tried to leave out the really advanced, complicated stuff and just focus on the fundamentals, the stuff new designers really need to get started. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I write in the book that really what you need to do after learning those fundamentals is just go practice, go design things. Right. And that's how you're going to get better at design. Totally. Like most things. Right. Yeah. It's a skill. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny how many things I I... I talk to people about learning programming, or I also sing on the side. I talk to people about learning how to sing, and people have this idea that like these things are really hard, and they're basically too hard. And like, oh, I tried to get into programming, but it just wasn't for me. It's like, well, did you practice a lot? Did you spend like hundreds of hours trying to do that? Because that's that's how you learn it. Exactly. Yeah, design is the same way. I think you know with programming, it's I think it almost seems like there's more knowledge you need to get started. Mm. I would say than with design. I don't know. Maybe that's not a fair assessment but i i think with design it's it's really more about the practice you know you really have to get in there and just go for it and make a lot of mistakes and just see what works because you know everybody has a different way of solving problems mm-hmm. and your approach is going to be different from my approach and you, so that that's what makes practice so important yeah it's i think that actually is a, probably an interesting nuance of a difference between programming and design where if if you're programming something at the end of the day it has to actually accomplish the task you've laid out um so there's 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 sort of a finite a roughly finite way of uh, a number of approaches for doing that but design seems actually substantially more open-ended right it's it's a lot more subjective yeah and it's like you know if the goal is design a landing page there are so many different ways of going about that Mm -hmm. and you know if you have five designers design a landing page for the exact same project every Mm -hmm. page is going to look different obviously right so you know, I think that just kind of highlights the difference. Yeah, and I have a hunch if you asked five developers to solve the same problem, they would those would also look different, but they'd probably be more similar. But they would share more, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, what is your background? How did you get into all this? Well, uh, I I guess you know I went to a really small university and uh, you know got a design degree, and then after that, I just kind of jumped around working for a bunch of different ad agencies. So uh, small big, uh, just all different sizes. Mm-hmm. So I've, I had a lot of experience just kind of with very diverse clients, everything from like, you know, movie studios to, uh, financial companies and everything in between. So I've, uh, you know, and then towards the end of my tenure at agencies, I kind of, I read, uh, getting real mm. by the 37 signals guys. And that kind of, uh, it kind of gave me the itch to want to start my own business. So mm. I found an opportunity. I had a, a good freelance gig lined up, so I quit my job, took the uh, freelance gig, and used that to kind of pay the bills while I built my first business. Mm. And how long ago was that? That was almost three years ago. Mm. So, so the book has been supporting you for since since launch, basically. No, no. So, uh, when I quit my job, I I actually started a it was a subscription web app. Okay, and. That ended up being a failure. Mm-hmm. I worked on that for about a year, um, you know, while I was freelancing, mm-hmm. and ended up shutting it down after about a year. Then I, 
uh, you know, took some time and just decided that I needed to learn a little bit more about business and what I was doing. Um, so, and then I, I took a, an entrepreneurship class, uh, taught by Amy Hoy. It's called 30 by 500. Mm-hmm. So I took that class and then bootstrapping design kind of came out of what I learned from there. Awesome. So, uh, how was the experience of that class? Sounds like it was good. Uh, I highly recommend it. It was really good. It, I learned a lot. Um, you know, you learn a lot about just the approach to business and how a lot of the startup culture out there is is teaching you one way, but that's not really what most businesses have been doing for centuries, you know. Mm-hmm. So the class is really good in teaching you how to look at it from a business perspective and how to be really effective with your time. Hmm. So um, let's move on to Cascade.io. Sure. Uh, so can you give the ele- elevator pitch for that? Yeah, so it's it's a design tool for programmers who are building software businesses. So uh, the the basic approach is you sign you sign in, you browse through a bunch of design styles, you know, create a layout, then you download the source code, and it's set up in a way that you can kind of implement it wherever you want. And the goal is that you're putting kind of some thought into the design, and you're really kind of using your design knowledge to to make decisions based on the goals for your project rather than just kind of slapping up a pretty, you know, surface mm-hmm. to the project. So um, that's kind of the goal. So they're not templates. They're sort of more components. Yes. Com- you browse through components. So I, you know, I haven't, I don't have a complete list yet, but for example, you could have, you know, you design a logo, you design, uh, you choose from a, a grouping of layouts and they're all kind of customizable, but you can choose, you know, obviously one might be a blog, one might be a landing page and so on. And then, you know, background textures, button styles, things like that, fonts. Hmm. And then, and then what do I, I get as a deliverable at the end of that? You get HTML and CSS. Okay. And it's specific to the things, all those choices I've made. Right. Yes. So there'll be a pretty big library, you know, uh, maybe I haven't decided how big it's going to be yet, but, you know, say maybe there's 10 color schemes, 10 different font pairings, you know, a few different types of logos, Mm -hmm. a few different background textures, and you choose from all of those. And then depending on what you choose, it'll save out the HTML CSS that's appropriate. Mm. So so what uh, stage are you at with this? I am at the very beginning stage. I'm just planning. I'm, I'm kind of working on the designs and uh, just kind of coordinating how I'm going to get started with it. So the uh, page I threw up was just an announcement. Yep. Uh, how has the response been to just that page? Very positive. Uh, I, I also operate a newsletter mm-hmm. that's uh, kind of in conjunction with my ebook. And the landing page is, uh, the form on it is just to subscribe, subscribe to the same newsletter. Mm-hmm. And I've had about 700 new subscribers, and mm. I just sound, sent out a newsletter this week just asking for input from people, and I was just overwhelmed with email, you know, tons of ideas and tons of suggestions and mm-hmm. positive feedback. So it's been very good so far. Awesome. I, I, I've noticed a theme of people that are uh, have been successful with their own info products and things like this, and that they seem to almost always have an email list like that. Yeah, it's it's a really important tool. I mean, not only is it a, a great marketing tool, but it's just a great way to communicate with people. You know, mm-hmm. um, I I have it set up so that anytime somebody replies, it goes straight to my real inbox. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of email that way and a lot of great conversations. And I found that it's one of the best ways to learn, you know, what kind of stuff people need mm-hmm. because, you know, um, they're going to, I don't know, at least my audience is, they're very vocal and mm-hmm. they're very happy to tell me, what their opinions are of what I've done and, you know, what they'd like to see me do next. So I've just been kind of doing what they tell me to, honestly. Uh-huh. So, so what does a, a day look like for you right now? You, you're working on Cascade? 
Yeah. So right now I've just been doing a lot of writing, honestly, mm. blogging and, you know, sending the newsletters and talking with customers, you know, sending emails back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but starting next week, I'm going to be really getting into the design aspects, um, you know, starting to design out plan, plan the assets and then start designing them and coordinating development. I'm planning on doing most of the coding myself, but, um, it's going to be a pretty big project. So I might have to bring in a freelancer to assist. So we'll, mm-hmm. s- we'll see how it goes. You have some development background then? Yeah, I do. Uh, I have, uh, I'm a pretty competent front end developer, mm-hmm. uh, HTML, CSS, JavaScript. I'm very comfortable with on the back end. I've used rails a bit, you know, I'm not the most experienced rails developer, but I can get by. So what I'm planning on at least, excuse me, at the beginning is to, uh, just hire somebody to bring on and do code reviews or kind of advise me on the best way to set things up. Um, and depending on how that goes, I might need to have them, uh, just take the reins. So. Sure. Yeah. Have you, uh, chosen the pricing structure yet for the new app? Uh, you know, I don't have exact prices in mind. I know that the structure is just going to be a one-time purchase, mm. so it's not going to be subscriptions or anything like that. You pay once, you download the assets, you're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, any interest in re- subscription revenue at some point? You know, I really I thought about that a lot for this project, mm-hmm. and I, I would personally love to have a subscription app, but I just didn't feel like it was the right approach for this project and yeah. for this need. It just didn't really make sense. So yeah. I'm I'm always going to choose uh, the most appropriate structure for the project. So yeah, this one is I don't know. I think it's um, I, I I think people are really used to the idea of of templates, you know, mm-hmm. and paying a subscription for something that's a, a design that you implement once and use it just doesn't really make sense. So sure, definitely. And and other people have built successful businesses on this one-off purchase of design asset type of things. So yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's a proven um, model, I think. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing about subscriptions is, I don't know, I think even if you have subscription recurring revenue, you, you're always doing things to keep that revenue coming in. You know, you're doing support work or you're, right. you're doing marketing work, you're talking with customers. And so there's a lot of kind of maintenance work you have to do to keep that revenue coming in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if recurring revenue, like, you know, you have this app that people are paying every month and then you can go sit on the beach. I'm not sure that's, hmm. I believe in that. Honestly, I think you probably, you have to do a lot of work to maintain it. So I'm not sure there's really that much difference between offering a subscription or offering a one-time purchase. Hmm. Because either way, you've got to keep working to earn the sale. Yeah, interesting. So I I interviewed Brennan Dunn uh, a few podcasts ago. And um, he recently said that he uh, was surprised by how much of his day-to-day had turned into writing. Writing blog posts, writing emails, all that stuff. You're experiencing the same thing? Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's it's kind of shocking how much writing I have to do these days. I didn't expect it. Um, You know, not just, you know, blogging and newsletters, but also just writing emails to customers. I, I literally spent all day yesterday doing that. So hmm. it's, uh, it's a lot of writing. So I would, I would suggest that people who are getting into starting a business, um, you better be prepared to write. You take a, a typing lot. class? Yeah, a typing class, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, does that bother you that that's your, that's your focus now? Did you get into this because you wanted to be designing all the time? You know, it doesn't bother me. My goal has always been to get a business running. So I'm happy to do whatever I need to do. So that could be writing, that could be design work, could be programming, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to do it. Mm. I think, you know, I definitely enjoy the moments where I get to sit back and, you know, really get into a design because mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's my bread and butter. That's what I love to do. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely going to get the chance to do that here with the next project. But um, 
you know, I don't mind the writing. I think it's, it's good practice and it's, it's really important because, you know, how else are you going to communicate what you're trying to do for people? Right. So what have been the most successful things you've done to market uh, the ebook to date? The ebook. Um, I had a couple of blog posts that went up on Hacker News mm-hmm. and got a lot of traffic from that. The, the conversion seemed to be pretty low from it. But uh, the interesting thing with Hacker News is there are a lot of lurkers. So there's a lot of there's a very vocal minority mm-hmm. and people can be kind of hard on you. But yeah. there's a lot of lurkers there who aren't really commenting on Hacker News. And I found a, I've met a lot of people that way. Um, who have come in and checked out the ebook, subscribed to the newsletter. So that's been a, a very successful venue for me. Um, so I just try and hit that with blog posts every now and then. Um, also, Twitter has been a very useful tool for me. Um, the people who are interested in my book are very active on Twitter. So it's it's easy to hop on there and have conversations with people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, explain, answer any questions, explain, you know, kind of what the book's about whether it covers this or that. So, hmm. Did you get partic- uh, specific negative comments about the book when you launched it? Um, you know, honestly, the only negative comments I've gotten were from designers. Um, mm. All the programmers who've read it love it. So huh. That's funny. Are the designers upset because you're oversimplifying? No, I think people just see the marketing, you know, the landing page, and they, they think that I'm trying to replace designers or undermine mm. the value of a designer, mm. which is not what I'm trying to do at all. Um, you know, they're just kind of responding to what is honestly kind of poor copywriting on the ebooks <laughs> website. But um, yeah, once I've had some conversations with people and, and once they actually read the book, they, they love it. You know, I've had several designers who have even bought it just out of curiosity and they, mm-hmm. they email me and say, yeah, I like this. I think you're really steering these people in the right direction. Um, but I think it's, it's hard to get past that knee jerk reaction of, you know, feeling threatened. So I understand where, where those people are coming from and I don't take it personally. It's, you know, that's just part of it. So mm. any people complaining about price? A couple people, but not very many, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, I know that the book is $39 and there've been a couple people who have emailed me and said, Hey, do you have a coupon or Hey, um, this is a little more than I can afford. But honestly, I think, you know, people who don't have $39 to spend learning design are not really part of my audience. They're right. not really people who are, I don't know. I don't want to be condescending, but I, I think they're, you know, if you're, if you're serious about learning design, $39 is not a big deal. Right. Makes sense. Um, any specific advice you'd give to someone that wants to kind of follow in your footsteps? Yeah. Uh, my best advice is, and this is something I learned from that entrepreneurship class uh, with Amy, mm-hmm. is go research before you do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, she very much harps on the idea that you need to research instead of have an idea. So you go out and you look at different groups of people, you see what they're doing online, what they're talking about, what their needs are. You kind of evaluate those audiences and then you get an idea based on what those people need rather than starting with your own idea that's about you. Mm. Um, you go out and just talk to people, learn, learn what people need. Um, that's the most important thing when you're starting out. And I think that applies to whether you're writing a, a book, whether you're building a startup, whatever, whatever you're doing, I think it's, it's really important. Hmm. Got it. So you've, had, you've been successful so far, it sounds like. Do you, do you have an ultimate vision for future success that would make you happy? Yeah. You know, I think I just want to keep building uh, businesses that help people. You know, I, I want to be useful. That's what's important to me. I, mm. My goal has never been to become a millionaire or to get rich off this or anything. I just, I want to build projects that uh, help people rather than are just kind of noise. Hmm. So interesting. So you live out in Colorado, right? Yes, Denver. Denver. How do you like that? 
I love it. It's great. Um, I used to live in Chicago mm-hmm. and moved out here, I guess, four years ago. And I, I love this town. It's great. Um, you've got kind of the big city feel, but you're close to the mountains with everything that includes. So it's, it's really nice. Mm. Are you an outdoors enthusiast? Um, not as much as I would like to be, uh-huh. you know, I find myself pretty busy, so I, I haven't been skiing this winter, but, um, you know, I, I like to get out and hike and do that kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so w- what do you worry about as a, as a solo entrepreneur? Uh, I think my biggest concerns are what if I build this and nobody looks at it, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same as everybody else. What if I build this and nobody likes it or nobody visits the website or, um, you know, what if people see this and they absolutely hate it? Um, they're all kind of irrational fears. And now that I have a couple projects under my belt, I kind of know how to respond to those things, yeah. but they're still there. You know, it's still, it's, it's not rational, but I, I have a way of responding to it, you know, and, and it's honestly, I've failed before. Um, I kind of alluded to my first project earlier, yeah. um, that I had to shut down. It was a subscription app for teachers, mm-hmm. charges five bucks a month. And it was essentially a grade book tool that included some charting and analytics type features. So, um, I guess the education world is becoming very data driven. So I was kind of trying to pursue that. Well, it turns out my approach was totally wrong and, you know, I failed. And rather than taking that as, you know, just this crushing defeat, I kind of did what I could to learn about it. So I wrote this postmortem, kind of one of those cliched postmortem mm-hmm. blog posts, put it up on Hacker News. It made the front page and I got tons of feedback. I had some really great conversations, some job offers. And so that failure became something really positive. It's actually mm-hmm. how I found out about all you know the, the entrepreneurship class and all these other resources that kind of helped me turn it around. So, you know, failure, even public failure, isn't really that bad. Honestly, I think, you know, you learn a lot from it. And of course, nobody wants, I, I kind of disagree with the, the idea that some people have thrown around that like, you have to fail a bunch of times before you can succeed. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I believe that. But I would say that failure isn't as bad as it sounds. You know, I spent a year on this project, failed, and I'm doing great now. You know, it, it didn't hold me back. So, mm. Awesome. Are there any particular people that inspire you these days that you look up to? Well, I've always uh, been very inspired by the 37 Signals guys. I mm-hmm. really love what they're doing. Um, that's kind of the, the model I try to follow. I think a lot of people try to follow that model of just, you know, building a small business and just kind of hunkering down and really focusing on your customers. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, so 10 years from now, what do you hope everything looks like? I hope I'm still operating Cascade. I hope it's, uh, I hope it's something that is still relevant and people still find useful in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a beginning of a project. So, you know, 10 years is a long ways off. I need to get through the next few months. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, 10 years, I mean, 10 years, I'd love to be operating one of these businesses. Cool. Sounds good. Um, so if you're going to summarize uh, sort of the key uh, piece of advice from the book, what would they be? Um, my biggest advice is to focus on just these kind of core fundamentals of mm-hmm. design. So learn kind of the, the essentials of typography. You know, I, I think a lot of people, when they get into learning design, they get distracted with what is the history of typography? What are these different genres of typefaces? You know, mm-hmm. what is a humanist, humanist font? What is a grotesque font? And these things are not really very helpful when you're staring at a screen, a blank screen as a new designer trying to figure out what you're going to do. Mm. So I focus on just kind of the, the really basic stuff, you know, the, what are some nice fonts you can use? Um, what is proximity? What is alignment? What are the basics of color theory that are going to help you know how to pick colors? 
Um, some of those kinds of things that are just help you get started when you're staring at that blank screen and, and you're not sure what to do. Yeah. And, and, and do you have rough sort of process tips for how you do get from that, that point forward? Yes, I do. There's a whole chapter on process in the book. And one thing I try to emphasize about process is that it's not linear. You know, it's, it's very cyclical. Design is about taking one step forward and then another step back and then maybe two steps back. And you have to kind of look at each step of the pro- process and, and evaluate it as you go. So, um, you, you know, you might uh, think your sketching is in, in order and then you go and try and prototype it and you realize, oh, this isn't working at all. So mm-hmm. I got to go back and sketch some more. You know, um, and I try to show people in the book that um, it's not it's never going to be linear because no process can replace the way you think about something. Mm. You know, so the process is there when you aren't really feeling like inspired or you aren't feeling like you have this great idea yet. That's when you fall back on process and you can really rely on that to kind of think through it in a really analytical kind of way. Um, You know, I look at it as problem solving. Um, I think that um, pretty much wraps things up. Uh, Jared, okay. thanks very much for coming by. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so if people wanted to check out the book or Cascade, what's the, what's a good way to do that? Yeah, the book is just bootstrappingdesign.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cascade is cascade.io. And are you on Twitter as well? Yeah, Twitter, I'm Studio Fellow. Awesome. Um, awesome. Well, uh, yeah, thanks again. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Cool. So um, just as a quick reminder, um, we have an upcoming podcast where we can take your legal and uh, tax slash accounting questions. If you have any things of that nature, you can reach out to us at thoughtbot.com slash ask. And if you'd like to access the show notes for this episode or others, uh, you can go to thoughtbot.com slash podcasts. If you throw on a slash uh, 33, you can get the show notes for this one. Uh, Today's podcast was recorded by Chad Pytel, produced by Chad Pytel, and edited by Edward Lovell. Uh, Thanks very much for listening.